Wolfgang Amedeus, Amadeus, holy shit. I just had a brain fart. Amedeus. <laughs> Amedeus! My favorite. Amedeus Mozart. <laughs> I came right out when I was in high school, and I think I played 1901 maybe like 3,000 times that year. Who? Are we, what are we doing? Well, let's, let's back up. Is that our cold open? Yes. Just, We're just talking about Soft tones of talking about our experiences. 1901. 1901. I got blisters on my fingers. <laughs> I just saw a clip from Block Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Yeah. Of the Beatles. And it's yeah. like Paul Rudd playing John I, I, Lennon. We talked about this. Really? Yeah, because I used to make fun of that. Cause I'd never seen he, Dewey Cox. He'd be like, there's no limit to what you can imagine. <laughs> and it's Jack Black as yeah. Paul McCartney. Yeah, and they amazing. start fighting. Yeah. <laughs> I remember hearing Paul Rudd and Justin Long, Justin Long yeah. talking about how nervous they were to portray the Beatles. Oh, really? And they show up to set having like done all this studying all night. They like hardly slept. And Jack Black is just doing the, the <laughs> hokiest, worst impression of Paul McCartney ever. Yeah. And they realized, oh, this isn't meant to be taken seriously. But they did. They took it really seriously to try to like really nail, you know, the, the accents and stuff. Yeah. Well, they, I, I bought them as Paul and uh-huh. the other guy. No, it was George and Ringo, maybe? Yeah, George was Justin was George and Jason Schwartzman I think was uh, Ringo. Right. And because uh, all three of those guys were great. It was then, Paul Rudd, John. Paul Rudd was John. Oh my god. And all three of those guys were great. And then <laughs> Jack Black is just messing around. Yeah, he's just messing around. Not all even time. trying. Yeah. Uh, we're doing another music episode today, and the music episode today is going to feature a band. A band. Uh, who's the band? Gabe? The band is Pop Sensation Phoenix. French natives. Not pronounced phonics. Phonics. Or phonics. Phonics. <laughs> Phoenix. <laughs> that was stupid. <laughs> Critically acclaimed band is what their bio says. They just came out with a new album called Alpha Zulu. Yeah. Which is a very unique name for an album. But let's talk about the history really quick. We haven't done a music episode in a while. Uh, last time we did, I think it was it was that Dan- long ago? Dance Gavin Dance. Two months ago? Well, it's been a lot of episodes since then. Right. So I've been cranking them out. This looks like their sixth studio LP. Yeah. They've been around. They've been around since 1995. They were formed in the year 95. Let's talk about... Uh, the members of Phoenix. The members. Yeah. Who comprises, who makes up the band Phoenix? Who are the who are the, the people that are the members of the band? Would you like me to say? I would. <laughs> <laughs> it's Thomas Mars on lead vocals. Nice. Deck D'Arcy. Is that how you use Darcy? Darcy, yeah. Oh. D'Arcy's. No, Darcy. The apostrophe is silent. Darcy. Darcy. As the bassist, keyboardist, and some backing vocals. Classic. Christian Mazalai. Mazalai? Mazalai. (laughs) Guitar and backing vocals. And Laurent Brankowitz as guitar, keyboards, backing vocals. So we have a lot of shared responsibilities here. And additionally, Thomas Hedlund has been the drummer 
uh, live drummer since 2005 because their sound is primarily described as indie pop, synth pop, pop rock, and new wave. Thank you, Wikipedia. Yeah. And it's all very true. They're super synthy and electronic. very electronic and pop, electronic pop. And but like they really slip into the indie crowd as well because they do some really interesting things. I mean, the way that Thomas sings, he's always going up and down. There's a word for that. It's not super sing-songy, but it is very... Um, a characteristic rising and falling of the voice. Hmm. Lilt. He go. He explores his range. You know, he's got the highs and the lows. Yeah, he's always able to uh, hit a falsetto and then kind of slip into some low notes as well. Mm-hmm. I really, really like the tone of his voice. It's very it, easy on the ears. Yeah, it's very easy to listen to. It's very ear, unique. Ear feel. It's yeah. It doesn't have a. It's not like very grating. It's like yeah. it's very smooth. But it's very, I don't know, beautiful at the same time. And the instruments complement that very well. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's always easy listening across their whole discography. It's always mm-hmm. pleasant. It's it's very, like, vibey, groovy. Yeah. Just, it's kind of like, at, at times, it's, like, just mellow. But it's it's indie pop electronic synth wave. That's, That's what right, I would call man. it. Yeah, exactly. I would almost call it kind of anachronistic, where it's, like, it feels, uh, like... Out of time. N- yeah, nostalgic for, like... Oh, you yeah. know, the 80s or the 70s or something, yeah. but it's still very modern. Yeah, and it's been like that since they've been a band, which is cool, you know, Yeah, for the most part, especially like in the, the mid-2000s, the mid-aughts, as they call them now. The 21st century. Okay, let's now talk about their discography. <laughs> here we go. Insert here. <laughs> and they put out their first album in the year 2000. It's called United. I've actually never heard that. That's the one with If I Ever Feel Better. Oh. If I ever feel better. Sounds just like this. Remind me to spend some good time with you. <laughs> it was kind of a, it was kind of a uh, an EP. It's kind of an EP. Then they kind of put out their first LP called Alphabetical, and that was in 2004. Everything is everything. I know that one. Yeah. Uh the, the next album, the next LP, it's called It's Never Been Like That. That came out in 2006. They had uh, some hit songs on that one. <laughs> then in 2009, probably around 2008, actually, they came out with Wolfgang Amadeus Phoenix, a play on Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. <laughs> <laughs> and they can't. <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> and they had some really good tracks. Lissomania. Yes. Lissomania. I don't actually know what they're saying. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> <laughs> and they also had 1901. I really like their... That album's really good. Have you heard the remix collection from Wolfgang? That album? Where they they do the whole album, but like different oh, yeah. people mix yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. The Lissomania off that album is really good too. I really like that album. I have it on vinyl. Nice. AKA vinyl. You're a vinyl. And then they guy. came out. I'm a vinyl guy. They came out with my favorite album in 2013 called Bankrupt. Yes. This is my favorite Phoenix album. Entertainment. Dude, great. Just great album. This is like what the Bombay Bicycle Club album was for me as far as like quality, like front to back. Just amazing freaking album. Was that the same year as that Bombay album? No, Bombay came out uh, in 2014. Oh. So it was a year after. But yeah, no, trying to be cool. SOS in Bel Air Entertainment. 
They had they had some amazing songs though. I loved Chloroform was one of my favorites. Oh yeah. And the song Dracar Noir or or Bourgeois. One of those songs I used in the I remember that. Yeah. I think it was Chloroform, wasn't it? No, it wasn't Chloroform. Oh. It was I think it was Bourgeois. Oh, it was number nine. Yeah, it was that one. Yeah. <laughs> I use it in our uh sh- and the Gabe and I we made a short film, a tiny a tiny film. In uh, college, an amateur film. Yeah, <laughs> amateur, and I use that song. You can, you can find it on YouTube if you tried. If you know where to look. Then they came out with Tiamo in 2017. That's the only one I don't think I've really heard. Actually, I've heard it. It's good. It's a good album. J Boy, yeah. Tutti Fruity. Got some interesting names here. Yeah, and then about four years later, five years later, they came out with Alpha Zulu in 2022. Just last year. Last year. So this is a little bit late for us. We just haven't gotten around to it. And um, the reason that we chose this album is because it's my it's a, one of my personal favorite albums of 2022 because I just I didn't hear anything better than this as far as albums go. Like, like full albums front to back. A complete war. I genuinely kind of like every song on this, this uh, album. Yeah. Which is hard to say. I haven't found a lot of good albums. And I keep saying that every time I do a music episode, I'm like, there's not a lot of good albums. And you know why? Why? It's because there are not a lot of good albums. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it is a good album. Yeah. I like Bankrupt more still. But anyway, right here is where we would normally... You wanna, do you want to recommend another song in our music episode? Like a... <laughs> No. Okay. Because <laughs> no. we normally would do, we'd recommend songs is what we're doing now. It's like our new thing. Spicy. But it's already music episodes. I'd so. recommend another Phoenix track. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just go listen to If I Ever Feel Better. There you go. So let's talk about Alpha Zulu really quick. Alpha Zulu is the seventh studio album by French. Did we say that they're French? Yeah. They're from Versailles. They're high school friends, right? Sure. Yeah. That's what I read online. Sounds like a great backstory. Started out playing together as a garage band in Mars's house. A lot of great bands started that way. Yeah. They have history with Daft Punk. You see that? Oh, I heard that, but I don't know how or why. Brankowitz was involved with the dudes who would later form Daft Punk. Oh, okay. Because they're all French. Yeah. (laughs) And everyone in France knows each other. There's a lot of people who are like pursuing music careers in in France. I knew a guy, a kid, when he was a kid when I knew him. (laughs) I knew a guy once who moved to France to pursue like an electronic music career. Nice. Uh, spoilers. It didn't work out so well. Oh no. <laughs> it's a tough gig. Yeah, it is. It's like trying to be an actor. So Alpha Zulu began, uh, kind of as a, as a COVID-19 pandemic album. They began recording at a studio, which is in the Louvre. Wow. In, in Paris, which is, if you don't know what that is, Louvre is a very famous museum in France. Is the V pronounced? I thought it was just the Lou. I've always called it the Louvre. <laughs> I've pronounced it the Louvre. <laughs> <laughs> the lover. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, they f- one of their quotes is they felt it would be a fantastic adventure to create something out of nothing in an empty museum. Apparently, they just really had a drive to make this album. They couldn't stop producing, is what I read. They wrote almost the whole album in 10 days. 
wow. which is pretty wild. It's a burst of creativity I'd like a little bit of. Yeah, it's, welcome. this is my life. I want to create, but I can't because I don't have enough time or energy. The first single was Identical, which is the last track on the album, and it was released in 2020. It was in Sofia Coppola's film, On the Rocks. That was a little while ago, so first single came out two years before the album released. Uh, the album received pretty good ratings, high sevens out of tens and eight out of tens. Generally well received. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize they won the Grammy for Wolfgang. Yeah. But also for being like a very good, like just another great album produced by a very good band. I feel like this album really slipped under the radar. Like not a lot of people were talking about it. I was talking about it because I'm like, out of everything in 2022, I make a playlist every year, end of year playlist that like compiles all of the songs from the previous year. And I don't think there was one song on there that like came from a full album that I really, really loved the album of, except for the Phoenix album. There's some good albums, like pretty close to being good all the way through, but still having a hard time with. Like, for example, and this is like the nerdiest thing but harry styles's album oh yeah like the first four to five tracks are great and then the back half is like Hmm. total snooze fest and it's not that way with phoenix with phoenix it's a ride all the way through up and down and up and down yeah they keep their sound the whole way Uh but it, it, it never gets stale like it's always there's a fresh melody or something like that yeah so let's jump into the album (laughs) (laughs) here we go the first track is called Alpha it's Zulu. The titular, the tiddler track. Yeah. <laughs> the track tiddler. Uh huh. Alpha Zulu. Which isn't that the Latin? <laughs> the oh, yeah. What does Alpha Zulu mean? It's yeah. the Greek. It's the first letter to the last. I don't know what it means necessarily, but it seems like. Well, if it's tied at all to the album art, it's like a throwback to... Computer, show me... <laughs> show me Alpha Zulu. Show me Alpha Zulu. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Even the album artwork is pretty bizarre because they have these... This pa- <laughs> it's like... I, I typed my notes while I was driving. I typed in Alpha Zulu at the top and look what it, <laughs> look what it auto-corrected to. <laughs> Aloha Zika. Aloha, <laughs> Aloha Zika. <laughs> That's not right. Anyway, this is me trying to do podcast work whilst driving. But anyway, Alpha Zulu first track has a, a very digital sound. The first track does, which isn't surprising because we're talking about Phoenix. And this song is kind of, it's very minor in, in its chords. And it's got like a very ominous sound to it all the way through. It's catchy. It's still catchy somehow, but it's it's very ominous. It's very kind of dreary. And it does this thing I've never never really heard from from Phoenix before. But it has this kind of like shouting that it's it's kind of playful but also strange. Mm-hmm. They go woo ha woo ha <laughs> singing hallelujah. Um like a chant. Yeah, it's kind of like a chant. I was actually I wrote that, but um, it's, yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know, strange. I haven't heard something like that since I used to listen to ska. Yeah. Like in the nineties. Ska. Good times. So, and then at the very end, it has this kind of, uh, I don't know what it's called, but it's like where you, you put the pick on like a guitar string and you, you 
go back and forth really fast and it, it's almost like a grinding sound it's like oh. but it's like very it's like tweedling it's like but it has this very grinding uh, guitar sound toward the end that kind of adds to the chaos of the song i'm curious what since you're much more lyrically inclined than i am generally when it comes to Yes and no. Uh, yes and no. Uh, pop music, I guess. Yeah. Uh, did you pick up anything maybe off Alpha Zulu since it is the the titular track? Because I'm looking at the lyrics and I'm just thinking it's a little cryptic, <laughs> except for the repeated phrase that goes "Why choose your body over time," which is interesting. Seems like there's some more callbacks to the French fr- French history, French culture. Yeah, I mean, as they are French. I think I think it's cryptic and ambiguous intentionally. That's all I can really say. And that, that's kind of, I feel like, a reoccurring theme throughout not just this album and the and the, the lyrics and the writing in it, but all, throughout all of Phoenix's work. It's a, it's often ambiguous. Not always cryptic, but more ambiguous. And they use, like, very kind of outlandish metaphors. You sometimes don't really know what they're singing about, you know? Yeah. Oh, I know. Uh, anyway, here's a song. Alpha Zulu. gotta say i'm i'm first half favorite on this album even though i enjoy it all the way through maybe it's because i've just i keep looping song like i never get so deep into this album because i'm always looping songs over right. and over from the first half the next song is called tonight tonight just like right now gabe we're here tonight. To, we're here tonight it's tonight this features ezra koenig who is the lead singer of vampire weekend i and knew it <laughs> I knew it because you told me it was true. He's sa- very uh, iconic, distinct voice. Is yeah. iconic, but it's 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 kind of funny because they actually sound kind of similar. Yeah. So I actually couldn't pick out who was who, and I was like, oh no, I'm pretty sure verse two is Ezra singing. Yeah. But yeah, he sings the second verse. The only other thing I read about this is I I really like the chorus and how it kicks in, and you hear the guitar do a bouncy kind of sound. <laughs> mm-hmm. This track's a little bit more Phoenixy than the first one, I'd say, in terms of like the classic easy sound that you might, you know, this feels more like what I'd catch on the radio, I guess, like on the way to school, you know? Yeah. And by bouncy, I mean like all of Phoenix's songs are kind of bouncy, like they're catchy, you know? The groove, yeah. And oftentimes the guitar kind of mimics, it mirrors what the drums are doing to to kind of make it bouncy, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. So yeah, really good. This song is definitely a single 
of sorts. Not my favorite, but it's super good. I played this one for my sister just recently. And she she, like it? she never listens to Phoenix, and uh, she really liked it right off the bat. She's like, this is groovy. I said, yeah, it is. That's how it went. Here it is. Here's the song. This next song is called The Only One. How can I be the only one? How can I be? This song starts with that little kind of drum pad synth noise that's like really popular in computer generated instruments. Like it kind of reminds me of like when you get a really cheap keyboard and you play a drum track and you you could to to play too. So you start. I've been been there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think we all have. But um, when they sing, how can I be the only one? I really like that feeling of um, feeling like you're taking crazy pills. Like, how can yeah. I be? Am I the only person? You know, we get a bit of melancholy here. A little yeah. bit of forlorn. A lot of repetition of it, too. I really like it when it kind of finds its groove about a minute in. But I resonate with him and what he's singing. Giving so. hugs and getting none. Feels nugs. bad. Giving, did I say giving nugs? No. <laughs> giving hugs. So here's this song. <laughs> the only one. This next song is called After Midnight. This is a very good song. Mm-hmm. Uh, this song kind of sounds like a stroke song. There's like a, a very specific guitar riff that's repeated pretty often between the verse lines. They like end their kind of stanza with this little tiny guitar hook. And it reminds me a lot of the strokes. It's a fun track. It's got like a kind of high end. By that I mean like on the EQ, like equalizer. 
the high end is kind of more prominent than the bass in this song. And it's uh, a good little track. Just be a good party track. Yeah. You know, play at the house party. Yeah. Down the street. Yeah. That I never went to. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Here's a song after midnight. wondering why we're not really analyzing the lyrics all that much it's because like i said they're ambiguous and there's they're kind of hard to pick apart sometimes they're kind of even hard to hear and understand sometimes as well yeah but this next song is called winter solstice this track slows down the whole album mm-hmm. there's kind of this like phaser thing going in and out on his voice the whole time which makes it sound thin and then a little bit bigger and then like as if there's like a filter on it yeah. And then while that's happening, it's also going on on the instruments throughout the whole thing. So the instrumentation and it has this like phasing where, again, like it, like in the EQ, it rolls off the high end, uh, which makes it like it gives it like a more muted sound. Then it has these like really punchy choruses where the synth really hits and the melody comes in. But it's it's still a more mellow track. It's yeah. probably the most mellow track on the album. It's a little, little trippy. Like yeah. The way that I would say phasing. But also Phaser. the way, like you said, the way the instrumentation, it's kind of like waves. It washes in yeah. and it washes out mm-hmm. and there's a moment to catch your breath. Like you'd be seeing something happen in slow motion. Yeah. And I was trying to describe this before, but he does this thing specifically in this song with the melody where he like dips down into a low note and then it always kind of gets me when he does that. Uh, so I, I just love his unique way of singing. So around 325, he starts hitting the more falsetto notes in this. And it's very, very pretty. This was the first track I heard off the album, and I instantly fell in love. Yeah, and this one is also very like moody. It's not as ominous as some of the other tracks on this album. But now that I now that I think about it, it being recorded like in a museum and they're surrounded by art, like yeah, this is the kind of thing that you would kind of see as you're you're moved very deeply by a, a piece of art or another work. You know, kind of makes you reflect a little bit. Yeah, it's very meditative and reflective, for sure. There is strict an area shaped like a petunia. Thank God you know your ways. It's on your mind. It's on all the time. And I found it hard to explain. Why would you train me for? Well, this girl's been Even the right should be headed in the front ones. 
That's the first half. And of that's the, LP. the first half of the LP, yeah. This next song, track six. There's only 10 tracks, so we're going through it. And they're all pretty short. Track six is called Season Two, and this is a fun one. I really like this song. I don't really have much to say about this song other than it's another banger, and it's one of the catchier songs on the album, I think. And it speaks about change and what happens kind of like next in life, you know, like, like Season Two yeah, instead of Season One. And I'm always about thinking about change and trying to deal with change in my own life. I feel like we've ha- we had a similar theme in, in at least one previous album review where you said something similar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a human thing, dealing with change. It's tricky. Yeah, things are always changing. This next song is called Artifact. This is an interesting one. This is my favorite song is it? on the album. Wow. I think it's super catchy. And there are multiple parts of this that like, and that also, like I said, it sounds kind of like the Strokes, like the old, but when I say the Strokes, I mean like their first album or two. Like when they were good. When they were the, <laughs> when they were the Strokes. Well, no, the, the Strokes have like a very specific sound. The way that they play the guitar, the way their guitars sound is like a very like, crunchy muted kind of like throwback sound to the tone of their guitars and yeah then the way that they played them the way they strummed the guitars have like a rhythm to it that really just felt very strokesy so a couple of uh of the songs on this album on on this phoenix album sound to me a lot like the strokes this one in particular artifact definitely has like this this strokes vibe and then the melody that he's singing also sounds kind of like a melody that could have been on one of those first couple strokes albums. Yeah, the fast guitar, the crunchy synth, and like it's got the 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 hi hat that opens and closes, which you hear a lot for like dance beats, like boom, st, 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 st. you hear that in this song. And even the hi hat itself, the way the hi hat sounds, it's not like because hi hats can be very very big instruments. They can sound like tambourines going off in your ear aggressive but but the way that the hi-hat is recorded or the way that it sounds i don't know if it's digital it comes through very i don't know nonchalantly here Mm -hmm. and so i also love the words and again this song is kind of about nostalgia and looking for a piece of your old self you're looking for an artifact like a piece of your old self which is cool but again plays into the theme of being recorded in the museum you don't like this song I just, I like I said, I, I've only listened to the back half of this album a couple times because I always get caught in the first half. This, so, is, this is my favorite one. It's a good, it's a solid track. It was between this song 
and season two to pick really? like which one was going to go on my playlist this year. And I chose this one. The more I listen to it, the more I like it. I'm looking for an artifact. I like that little. Yeah, it's good. from my favorite song on the album to my least favorite song on the album Oof. number eight it's nice. called all eyes on me uh, but again this is like a, a this is probably the most ominous song in the whole album way more than alpha zulu but it's very dark sounding uh, there's a kind of like tremolo synth thing going on that yeah it sounds like alpha zulu part two <laughs> yeah it makes it feel very like unsure and kind of like insidious the melody kind of uh, like adds to that i guess but it almost sounds like threatening, <laughs> like as if like in Phoenix's way, like it's it's threatening, like in a Phoenix way. It sounds like he's he's like singing about trying to prove something to someone that like didn't listen to him or, or like he's trying to like get someone to listen to him and the, the way that the lyrics are. Goad them into something. Yeah. Or just like he's trying to prove his his way or he's trying to prove his position on something, you know? Yeah. The, just the the title when it comes up in the song I, all eyes on me yeah. sounds like he's trying to make a statement yeah <laughs> and i don't necessarily even think it's about him it could he could just be uh, channeling or interpreting another yeah. another piece of art or something it's another riddle every song they're referencing art this one we uh, it talks about van gogh oh really yeah tristan is broke selling his van gogh <laughs> and when you nod around i call your number endlessly i don't know why i keep slipping into that accent it's because that clip from Walk Hard is one of the funniest fucking things ever. I feel like this is a track that would grow on me in the same way that music like yeah. Dance Gavin Dance does, where there's like there's like a complexity that I don't either grasp or appreciate on a first listen. It's not it's honestly not bad. Like and this is one of the reasons we're going through this album track by track, is because this is an album worthy of going through track by track because every song is actually good. Yeah. It's just that you know some some tracks i like more than others and i think that's pretty natural i think it'll age well yeah as an album and as a track <laughs> yeah so here's all eyes on me Thank you. 
Number nine is a cute track. It's called My Elixir. Another one of, uh, it's, it's got kind of those mock electric drums that, like I was saying, like you get a keyboard, a cheap keyboard. It reminds me of like, you're, you press the Samba button or something. And it's yeah. Like, you know, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Almost like it's one of those preset tracks on a, yeah, like a, a toy stereo. Yeah. And then again, he has this like really pretty low melody that he sings in this song. I really like it. Just a good classic Phoenix track. It's a it's calming as we near the end of the album. Yep. We're like coming back down to earth. Yeah. Track 10 is called Identical. It's the one we talked about earlier that was their first single that came out two years before the rest of the album. This song is kind of strange. It has elements from, I feel like, the whole album. Different sounds that they were using, different kinds of filters on their voice and their guitar and stuff like that. And It's also their longest track. Yeah, it's the longest track. Apparently the original version was shorter, but it's got a catchy melody. It's very electric. He hits the falsettos that I was talking about a lot here again. Uh, about two minutes in, he finally starts to kind of hit this chorus. And that's my favorite part of the melody and the song. Again, he's going up and down. He it's it's almost syncopated in a way, but but it 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 it, it like swings from one note to the other in a very like soothing way. It, it's very pleasurable to the ears. You know what I mean? It almost sounds like it could have been off of. Uh... La- or uh, what was the album the best album Bankrupt Bankrupt yeah, it sounds like this would come on yeah, like right after it, SOS it, and yeah, Bel Air it could have been Bankrupt yeah but the part of the song that I like where the melody kind of it takes a different road and it sings this it says tell me you're trying to regret playing all night those videotapes I'm not a prophet I'm your friend take my advice make your mistakes then he sings the word identical 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 in a very amazing way and I love the synth pulsing pad and like drums at the end too. It's really nice. It's a strong send off. Yeah, it's a good closer for sure. So here's the song Identical.
Well, this brings us to the end, Gabe. Do you feel accomplished? I feel delighted. I've been talking about recording this episode for like three months. It's a long way, long time coming. (laughs) (laughs) It's a long long way down. (laughs) It's fun. I I always enjoy these because I like to hear you talk about music. It's it's a it's always interesting doing music episodes because I feel like I never can do them justice because it's obviously like it's a medium that's unlike film and television. It's sound only entirely sensory. Yeah, and there's 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 all but there's so much uh, intensive depth and effort that goes into producing just one song. Yeah, and one of the things I've been like blessed with in my life is having opportunities to record and and fiddle around with music and making music and working with other artists who have made music. So I have like a very like, I don't know, tertiary background of like understanding kind of just the production that goes into making a song or making an album. And it's a lot of freaking work. And I feel like I can never do it justice because it's also very subjective, like mm-hmm. like people's music styles and their enjoyability. and It's deeply personal. Often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just hope people like this album, to be honest, and I, I wish I could talk about it more. One other thing I forgot to mention about Phoenix, and we'll close with this. Capital of Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. So this last thing I'll say about Phoenix is Bill Murray did a special on Netflix, a Christmas special, like six or seven years ago. And he sings a song in the special, in the Christmas special. And the band that Bill Murray sings on and plays like in the background that plays for Bill Murray is Phoenix. Really? And it's like a super sick track. Is it a Christmas song? It's a Christmas song, but it's Bill Murray singing. As like a a single track? Yeah. Reach out to us on Instagram, on our socials. If you want to say hi, I'd love to hear from you. Do a little hate listening? Hit me up. I'll talk to you. I will always talk to you. Here's Alone on Christmas Day. Goodbye.